0: What is up, you sunlight samurai? How are you guys doing? In this video I can guarantee you you're gonna learn something new. So i want to talk about nootropics and what you can use to uh, you know stimulate the brain in your cognition. A lot of people are interested in cognition or in nootropics so that they can focus longer, they have wanna have that limitless limitless build, increase their IQ, you know, do crazy stuff. And then they'll get interested in nootropics, but I wanna talk about what you have to do before you go into nootropics. And you can always see this as a kind of nootropic, it will have a nootropic-like effects, but it is not gonna be like a racetam or something like that. And this is gonna be, you have to establish a foundation. So for me is, um, ultimately I want to be in a place, in, in the past, I wanted to be in a place where I didn't need anything. And now I am in that place where I don't need anything to be able to function optimally. I can focus for long periods of time, I can be creative, I can remember things very good, I have my cognition is feeling in a very good place that I don't want to and don't need to use any kind of nootropic substance. But it always comes down to that foundation, what is necessary for your brain to work normally. Now I'm going to skip all the lifestyle and diet stuff, those stuff are obviously very important, but the foundation for things to work properly before you even add in nootropics is basically you want to make sure your cells are working normally and that your body is burning fuel the way it should specifically the brain so because you're talking about the brain the brain prefers glucose so you want to make sure your brain is having enough glucose to burn for energy demanding tasks so the most common thing the com- most common sense thing to do is to provide your body with fuel if it likes glucose give it glucose and if it has glucose it can actually start working the way it should And glucose has a nootropic effect. It enhances your cognition, your uh, attention span, recall, all of those kind of stuff. So the first thing you want to add in is make sure you're not in a caloric deficit. The moment you're in a deficit, you don't feel as good. You don't recall as good because there's less energy available for all of those supposedly non-essential survival, non-essential, non-survival essential tasks. All right, so make sure you're not in a deficit and you're providing your body with fuel, specifically glucose. Your brain prefers glucose and breaks down glucose very effectively, produces energy from glucose. Ketones can also work but a ketogenic diet is not that good for cognition. Your brain really likes the glucose aspect. Because a ketogenic diet tends to be more stressful, upregulates the sympathetic nervous system, the adrenal system to compensate and you get a drop in thyroid hormone. So the first step, provide enough glucose for the brain. The second step i just mentioned is thyroid. Thyroid is actually essential for promoting the proper oxidation of nutrients such as fat and glucose. So, you're providing the glucose, now you give that, kind of like accelerator is the wrong word, but let's just use accelerator, so that your body can actually use that glucose effectively that you just gave it. So, thyroid speeds up glucose oxidation, enhances ATP production, but it also improves mitochondrial function, and it gives a good balance between fusion and fission, mitophagy and autof- autophagy in the brain, so that the cells work properly. So the moment a cell becomes damaged, there's a certain machinery that becomes upregulated that kind of like munches off that broken part that's called fission. So it it separates the bad part from the good part and then you have two small good parts that fuses together, create a larger mitochondria that's a big part, fusion. So there's a balance between fission and fusion and thyroid hormone, T3 specifically, uh, operates those balance perfectly so that your cells work normally. So this is going to be the absolute foundation provide glucose, make sure your thyroid hormones are in check, there's enough thyroid in the brain, and something like t can actually increase T3 levels in the brain and improve glucose oxidation. So that's very amazing. Now, that's kind of like the key, that that's your foundation that you need, and this excludes a good diet, a nutrient-dense diet, where you need vitamins and minerals to work normally as well, because the vitamins and minerals are cofactors for everything in the brain. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about vitamins in just a moment, because you can use larger doses to have a, like a, an ergogenic effect for the brain. And when it comes to thyroid, the reason thyroid is so important is because thyroid enhances your IQ. People that are born hypothyroid tend to have a lower IQ, and are considered cretins, back in the day cretin mean you have low IQ, and someone with higher thyroid tend to have more functioning and better functioning mitochondria, and they tend to have higher IQ. So someone that is dumb aren't really dumb, they just perhaps have a nutrient deficiency, or they have a thyroid deficiency, or they have inflammation that's disrupting proper energy metabolism. So you can actually improve your IQ by providing glucose and accelerating the proper oxidation, improving the thyroid hormone function. So that's absolutely the key. That's the foundation. Those are two the essential steps. The next step is, what can you do to further exce- accelerate and enhance glucose oxidation? So if you drive in a car and you're only fueling it halfway, you're going a certain speed. But if you fuel it all the way, you go much faster. <laughs> you know. So the thing with the glucose is, the faster and the better you can oxidize that glucose, the better your brain will be able to work. So some of the right limited factors there would be vitamin B1, because... Um, it's a cofactor for the enzyme pyruvate dehydrogenase, and that's one of the rate-limited enzymes in the proper oxidation of glucose. So giving B1 doesn't just assist as a cofactor, but it also stimulates that enzyme to accelerate proper glucose oxidation, and vitamin B1 does have nootropic and ergogenic effects on the brain. And they give, like Alzheimer's patients, which, you know, they have dementia and they don't recall very good and they don't have a very high IQ anymore. They give those people B1 and it has great therm- um, ergogenic and nootropic effects. So give your body some B1. They specifically use solbotiamine, which is a fat soluble version. And it's also been shown to upregulate the dopamine receptors. So I like solbotiamine. I haven't used it yet, but I want to experiment with it soon. I've only used the HCL version up to 300 milligrams on a daily basis. I feel like that's all I need for the nootropic effect. You also get benfo, uh, the benfotiamine, but some people say it can't cross the blood-brain barrier. But it does also have a like it does have an ergogenic and also cognitive enhancing effect. So even if it doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier, it can still have a beneficial effect. But I would rather go for the normal thiamine or the solbatiamine, and just the fact that the B1 accelerates the function of pyruvate dehydrogenase, actually stimulates the release of dopamine. And keep in mind that dopamine promotes that motivation, that drive, the ability to pay attention to something. So the B1, by accelerating glucose oxidation, increases dopamine, and if it's sulbatiamine specifically, maybe it's not specific to sulbatiamine, maybe it's just specific to B1 in general, can resensitize like, the dopamine D2 and D3 receptors. So you have more dopamine and more sensitive dopamine receptors you'll be able to function and feel more normal. So let's say, let's compare this to something like Phenibut. Phenibut activates directly as an agonist to the D2 receptor. But over time, it down-regulates the receptor, and people get withdrawal symptoms, dependency and withdrawal symptoms. But if you use something like solbitamine, it increases dopamine, and it resensitizes the D2 receptor, D2 and D3, you have better dopamine signaling and better action of dopamine because of the sensitivity of the receptor that seems to me like a much better trade-off and a deal to use something like sulbatiamine instead of phenibut all right so that's the b1 we got the glucose we got the thyroid that's going to be the foundation and once you have the foundation in check like the foundation is the energetics of the brain that is the energetics if your brain isn't properly energized you will be forgetful you will misunderstand people you will your brain areas will not be properly connected and flow properly, so there will be a lot of miscommunication and you will not be in a flow. So the energetics is absolutely key. Then another important thing that enhances the energetics of the brain is creatine. So vegans tend to have not a lot of creatine because they don't eat meat and they don't Cognitively perform as good as people that have higher levels of creatine so you don't have to eat meat but just supplement. I prefer obviously to eat meat because there's so many other nutrients in the meat that you don't get from just supplementing creatine. Creatine is one. The next one is paracetam. So paracetam is a nootropic that was designed way back in the 1900s by the Russians and Paracetam improves improves the cellular function, the cell membranes of a cell. So it improves the mitochondrial function. And if the cell is better functioning and stabilized, it can produce energy better. And then it can synthesize neurotransmitters better. And it can respond to neurotransmitters better as well. So paracetam is absolutely key. Increases the, you know, it has dopaminergic, glutamatergic, acetylcholine effects. So it improves that cognitive effect of your brain. It kind of like just improves your baseline. That's the, that's the kind of thing that I'm going after. When you improve the energetics, you improve your baseline. And once you have improved your baseline, you can throw in nootropics. And one of the nootropics that I like is the PRL 853. So that's a compound that lowers access serotonin and increases dopamine. Again, dopamine will help with the, the motivation, the focus, and everything to drive. Whereas serotonin can have the opposite effect, make you feel irritable, lazy, and anhedonic. So that's a good one I can use. And um, The other one that I want to experiment with soon is um, polygala. Polygala is also great because it kind of like resensitizes your glutamate. Not resensitizes, but um, when you are stressed and your brain doesn't work optimally. You you have what they call the NMDA receptor, but it's not a receptor, it's actually a complex. And that complex can become dysregulated, so you have a dysregulation of proper glutamate signaling. And by using this herb, it can fix that complex so that your glutamate system works normally again, and then glutamate in optimal levels will help with the focus again. So get your brain to work normally. So polygol is one of those that I want to use. Uh, Bacopa is another one, but I'm not too big into using all of these different compounds, I'm just big into restoring the energetics of the brain. So that is, just to recap, providing enough glucose for your brain. You can add in a little bit of MCT if you want to provide some um, ketones, but the ketones and the glucose don't really have a synergistic effect. As long as you have enough glucose in your body can oxidize it effectively, that's good enough. The second one is thyroid. Then we have creatine and paracetam. And um, as I mentioned, vitamin B1, So it can be the HL version or it can be silver to stimulate pyruvate dehydrogenase. Another cool thing that you can do is to uh, other compounds that can stimulate pyruvate dehydrogenase is pyruvate itself. So you can supplement with calcium pyruvate or with ethyl pyruvate. So ethyl pyruvate is more fat-soluble, so you need a uh, much smaller dose. And it stays in the system much longer. Now the thing is pyruvate stimulates pyruvate dehydrogenase and it can also be used as a substance for that enzyme, but if you use just ethyl pyruvate, it doesn't provide the substance. It only provides the stimulation to that receptor or to that enzyme. So if you provide the calcium pyruvate and the ethyl pyruvate, now you stimulate the enzyme and you provide the substance for that enzyme to produce a lot of ATP. So we have the B1 stimulating it, pyruvate, ethyl pyruvate, and then you need magnesium as a cofactor, and other cofactors would be B2, B3, and B5, and alpha lipoic acid, but that's not as important. Um, but, and just to recap, it's kind of like you, as I mentioned, all these cofactors, you need a diet that's rich in vitamins and minerals in general to provide the cofactors for all of the enzymes that do important stuff. But the purpose of this video is to talk to you about fix that baseline, create that foundation, which is energy metabolism of the brain. Fix the energy metabolism before you add in any nootropics, because a nootropic is not going to change your baseline, necessarily. But if you optimize the energy metabolism of your brain, that is going to change your baseline to the point where you feel like you don't need nootropics anymore. And that's the point where I feel at the moment, it's like, I don't need nootropics. That's why I'm not as, you know, hell-pressed to try to experiment with different nootropics, because I don't feel like I need it. And some people are like, oh, I'm going to use modafinil, I'm just going to focus for eight hours, but... For me, it's like if I can focus for three hours on a single day, every single day, I can get so much done versus you just focus for six hours one day or two days per week. So I'd rather focus small bits, like two to three hours per day on a task. And then because I didn't use something like Modafinil, I can still be creative and I can still shift my... um, what I want to do, so now I want to focus, now I want to be creative, now I want to go into a learning stage, so I can go into those different stages because I'm not using a, uh, a nootropic. I can easily shift, it's because my brain energetics in a place where I want it to be, and then I can basically do anything and everything is good. So just as a recap, we have the, the brain energetics would be glucose, thyroid, stimulating pyruvate dehydrogenase with a B1 parovate and ethyl pyruvate. And then creatine obviously as well and that's going to paracetam the, that combo is going to be the, the foundation of optimizing your brain energetics and then you can add in any other nootropic that you want that you feel is gonna do whatever you need it to be but the thing is like i found that if i use these compounds that stimulate glucose oxidation and many other people have found it as well is that this stack is all that you need for the nootropic effect that will help you with the focus and the creativity and everything. You don't need a nootropic when you use these substances that improve your brain energetics because if your brain is functioning the way it should, it should be able to perform the tasks that you want it to. All right, guys, I hope this video was helpful. I will also link an article that I wrote, the dopamine dream team stack, which is basically more or less the same as this. Um, and I will also link supplements in the description below so you guys can uh, try out the stack and let me know what you think. And I will check you the next one. Cheers, guys.